Hello, and welcome to the first, we're on a streak, it's an episode of Sober Pod, Wet Bandits Podcast. <laughs> I'm I'm Mike, and this is Sam. Yo. Sla- what, Slammy? Slam Jam Slammy. Yeah, and Wheezy. I was actually thinking of another name for you. Great story I'm about to tell. I was thinking of another name for you, and I forgot it. Dude. That's the great story. <laughs> that Terrible. is the best, greatest oh, and best story. Well, now I can't tell it. It's not going to be as funny because the timing is all off, but I was going to say uh, your full na- full name is Slamuel. Slamuel? Yeah, Slamuel. I like it, man. Slamuel McSlammy. Um, sounds like a sandwich. Oh, we're getting off to a sweaty start here. This is rough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get back on track. This is the Wet Bandits Podcast. We cover discographies from 90s bands. We use the term 90s band a little loosely because sometimes we just like to cover stuff we like. You know, we'll twist things. So, oh, that band existed in 1990 or 99 or whatever. So, yeah, they're a 90s band. For example, Tenacious D, or the very first discography we did. But now we're on what I think we would both consider like a true 90s band. Even though they were very, they were famous in the 80s and they continue to be famous now, the Red Hot Chili Peppers had three albums, varying degrees of success in the 90s. But maybe they're, I don't know if they're their two most famous Californication and Blood Sugar Sex Magic were both sort of like coming out party albums. Mm-hmm. You know, Blood Sugar Sex Magic really made them famous to everybody, people yeah. who weren't rock fans even. And then uh, they had One Hot Minute, which I really liked, and we talked about three episodes ago. <clears throat> and I think you like it. Yeah, you like I like Minute? it, yeah. But it's definitely different. And then... John Frusciante comes back to the band and they make Californication and that is another huge hit. So, um, and then after that, obviously we covered by the way, which hasn't released at the time of this recording, but I anticipate it being a well-received episode. It was our third episode in a row recorded at nostalgia brewing. And we, you know, we had drinks and today we put on Facebook, the picture of me with an inch of fireball in my shot glass. Did you see that? Did people yeah. think it was an inch? Uh, n- n- I didn't put. I should have put up a poll. Is this oh, actually yeah. an inch? Um, no, but they they didn't not say. Mm-hmm. That, hold on, they didn't say it was an inch, but they didn't not say it was an inch, which I think is their way of being nice to me. So that, that I think they thought like that's too much fireball to still be left in that shot glass. <laughs> I can't disagree. It was. It was shameful. But now, now that we've Dude, covered all lie? those. Oh, I I did not. For, <laughs> I was actually going to text you on the way here. Don't forget to think of a lie. Uh, yeah. Because hashtag, do you lie? <laughs> do you lie, dude? <laughs> do you lie? Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think we've covered by now that I do lie, and sometimes you lie. You got me last week with the or last episode with the um, or the Californication episode, I think, where you said. Uh, that you ran into oh who was it it wasn't that believable 
it like I should have caught it. It was. Um, I forget, dude. I know. I forget too. Because the joke I made was you could get away with like Mayor Coleman. Uh huh. You know, like you some like local locally yeah. famous person, but you you said one that I should have caught, and I I like Snoop Dogg. I think it was Snoop Dogg. <laughs> really? Maybe not. Maybe it was Nelly. I don't know. Oh, I think it was like something weird. Yeah, it was something I should have I should have caught. But anyway, do you lie? Yeah, dude. Okay, you got one. I honestly don't. <laughs> you can't start the bit if you don't have a lie. Dude, I can't think Long of Long podcast, a pregnant pause yeah. on the podcast, a PPP, pregnant pause on the podcast. Yeah. As, as we, <laughs> that's why you got these pop screens for us. Um, well, anyway, hit us up with your lie. Yeah. Hashtag do you lie. We do these often enough, especially when we recorded three in a row, that it's really hard to have a, you know, we really have to lie a lot to mm-hmm. have one every week. That being said, um, we probably should have one every week. And Wait. We probably should know what it's going to be <laughs> before we start talking about it. One we, time. Yeah. Oh, this is great. We can do one time. Yeah, you lied one time. <laughs> Go for it. No, this happened recently where Ashley wanted Truly, but I said they were out and I got White Claw. But did they have Truly? Yeah. <laughs> Good <laughs> Dude. lie. Good lie. Yes, that's worth it. Okay. Mine's from when I was a little kid. All right. I could have a lot of little kid lies. Uh, so um, this lie, the first lie that comes to mind, maybe the most famous lie in my family. All right. And I'm talking extended <laughs> family, like aunts, uncles, cousins. They all know about this lie. So we go on a summer vacation every year to the Outer Banks because we're basic bitches. But we used to do this. My family's been doing this since 1983, I think. So we've been doing it since before yeah. the Oval Outer OBX sticker existed. And we, in fact, sidebar, I don't know. This is like a humble brag, I think. But it's also we didn't capitalize on it. So it's like not a brag at all. It's more like, listen to how silly we were. We could have... My grandfather had the opportunity to, we went to the same cottage every year to Mm -hmm. stay and he could have bought that cottage in like 1985 or something for something ridiculous, like 10 grand. Mm. And you know, we're my, that side of the family is very risk averse. He also could have invested in Wendy's like when they first started. So like I could be, you know, just a spoiled (laughs) like head or a mutual fund, like, you know, brat or whatever. But instead I'm living in a house with four cats that shit on the floor, you know? So here we are. Meow. (laughs) Meow. Anyway, back to my lie. So I don't know how old I was. I was probably five, old enough to write. So maybe I was even older than five. Definitely older than five. And I had one of my cousins that I looked up to, his name was Mark. Mark was two years older than me, and everything that Mark did, I, like, worshipped. But... Of course, Mark had older cousins too, so he was more interested in those older cousins. So I'm trying to, I think I thought I was trying to impress Mark, whose whose father, my uncle, uh, was a a stern man, and you know we were kind of scared of him a little bit when we were kids, um, and so you didn't want to cross him. My parents were like the fun parents, like the fun aunt and uncle that kids weren't afraid of, but. But I was afraid a little bit of Uncle David. 
So it was especially scary when I took a magic marker and sitting in one of the recliners, I wrote, fuck you. (laughs) I did. (laughs) I wrote, fuck you and magic marker on a chair that didn't belong to me or anyone that was staying at this place. And, (laughs) and I think he saw me doing it. Like I'm turned around, like curled around in the back of the couch, like writing. Just it. all your hatred going into that mark. <laughs> I didn't think. No, I wasn't even angry. Oh. I think I was just like. Just some kid. Right? I'm trying to impress my cousin. I think. Oh. And so, he comes up, and I think it was my uncle. Yeah, my uncle David walks up behind me, and I see him coming, and I like flip around, <laughs> like. Huh. I'm not doing anything. What are you doing? <laughs> what, are you, what do you mean? <laughs> what, Got a fl- what are you doing out here? You got a, is that a flute? <laughs> yeah. You got a, no. Laying down flute tracks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so he sees me. Um and but I don't I think I've gotten away with it. Uh-huh. So then my dumb ass finishes it. <laughs> and then one of the one of the in my mind now, as a grown up, I like to think that my aunts and uncles were alerted to it and then conspired to make it as horrifying for me as possible. But maybe it really just happened organically like this. One of my cousins, I can't remember who, told my aunt Deb. So now we've got my my parents, my mom's sister, and my mom's brother involved. My aunt Deb, someone tells her, Aunt Deb walks over. I remember this pretty clearly. Her seeing the chair and going, (gasps) (laughs) So that was inward singing. Uh, Yeah. That was a gigantic breath in and an, a face of intense surprise. And this is not... My f- family swears a lot. So they weren't swearing at... or She wasn't surprised at the swear. She was surprised at the audacity of, of riding on that chair. Also, I think there was... This is why I like to think that the family like conspired against me because there's a part of me that thinks she knew i did it already and she knew i was watching and so like i think she was playing a little bit i've never seen my aunt deb react that way in the last 30 years of my life to anything the way she reacted Uh to that so i think they knew i was what and this was like let's mike needs to realize what he did here so we're gonna make it seem extra bad so my parents take me upstairs to the kids bedroom and they sit me down and they're like because by now the whole family knows that someone wrote "fuck you" and magic marker on a recliner in a vacation rental. Was it with a U? Like I think. Oh no, no, Y O U. Okay. Yeah. Um. So they sat me down and they were like, "Did you write fuck you' on the, <laughs> on the recliner? Did you do this? Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. Play, let's play it out like." Jables and Cage. So you say you say what my parents said to me. Did you write "fuck you" on this couch? Was it a chair or a couch? Chair. Did you write "fuck you" on this chair? No. <laughs> Did you do this? Oh, I mean, no. <laughs> okay, I know you know you don't know how this ends, but it makes me think of the tenacious D bit where they're like, "I love you," and he <laughs> says, "Do you have anything to say?" No. <laughs> oh, oh, man. So I say no. They ask if I wrote fuck you on the chair. I said no. And they and they came back with, 
what if I what if we told you Uncle David saw you write fuck you on the chair and immediately I am bawling. <laughs> immediately I know that I've been caught and I'm and that's how the story ends. Like mm-hmm. immediately I'm crying. My parents, you know, I don't know what trouble I got in, but it was probably nothing. I, in fact, I think my aunt Deb managed to like scrub off basically like the fabric of the chair kind <laughs> of, they got it out yeah, somehow. Yeah. And it was kind of like, I was so relieved that I was still alive. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the story. So bro, I lied. I lied. Do you still feel guilty? No, I don't. I was a dumb kid. Um, and kids do dumb stuff, you know, where I'm sure I learned that word from my aunts and uncles. <laughs> so, and that's it's a, like uh, on a Christmas story. Where did you yeah. hear that word? Yeah. He heard it from his father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, I mean, just because I learned it from them does not excuse the behavior. Mm. But, you know, kids do dumb Don't stuff. Don't write on chairs, kids. Yeah. Yeah. It was really bad. Don't do that in Magic Marker and whatever so anyway that is our hashtag do you lie segment please hit us up with your hashtag do you lies because come on see if you can top that top (laughs) that do you lie can you top that (laughs) you wrote did you write in magic marker fuck you on a chair that didn't belong to you or anyone that was staying at the residence and then lied to your parents face about it even though they obviously knew beforehand that you had done it well, no, then, but one time I wrote it. tits on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell us about it on Facebook uh, at Wet Bandits Band. Okay. The day we're going back in time. We're going back in time to May 5th, 2006. That is the release date for the Red Hot Chili Peppers Stadium Arcadium. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth <laughs> full length album. Um, and this was a double disc. This was originally conceived to be um, three albums that were going to be released um, every six months. Huh. And then they condensed it to two. Um, I don't know. I, oh, like one was released six months after the other? That was the plan. Oh. It was supposed to be three totally separate things. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing, you know, I don't know if it was going to be... They obvious, I assume they would have had more songs then because these two... Even though that both albums are long, they're only uh-huh. they're fourteen songs each, and that Plus only you gets wanna, you to twenty eight. Yep. So that's not quite ten of album if you do it in three. Plus, you want to have some strong songs. Yeah, you know, you don't right. want all to have like, you know what I mean? Yeah, not non Amanda. Yeah, there would. Um, I don't know what the cultural significance of the double album is. Mm-hmm. I know what my personal. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to ask like, you about this. There's a little bit of like cachet, I feel like, to the double album. Like when Smashing Pumpkins released Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, like I don't remember there being a double album um that was so mainstream. Yeah. I'm sure there was, but like that went it seemed kind of like audacious mm-hmm. of them at the time to be like, We're gonna do a double disc album and you're like, Whoa, that is so like on the outskirts of, um, of like acceptable. Um, and m- maybe part of it is like the medium, you know, maybe part of it was like weird CDs were still popular then. And mm-hmm. like, so, so you weren't, 
I don't know. You weren't with. I don't, do you do you remember how they did this with tapes? I don't know. Like I'm sure probably they had just two tapes. Yeah, I guess so. I don't remember what that packaging would have looked uh, like. Probably just a double. I guess you know. Uh, should have studied up on that beforehand, but I guess my point is that there there seems something like really unique and sort of like rebellious. Like a special rebellious is the word I, I'm looking for. I think people or bands tend to do it like later on in their years too. Yeah. You know, like Led Zeppelin's Physical Graffiti. That's uh-huh. like their uh, fifth album. Yeah. I think. Yeah, the sixth. Okay. And uh, this one right here, actually. Metallica has been the band for years, and they just came out with a double album. Right. That's probably you like, know? what, their 13th? Maybe not that I, many. But. I think 12. Yeah, so maybe it is a later in. But but why? What What is it about being... I don't know, a more mature group, a more seasoned group that makes you put out the double album. Um, Especially because you would seemingly lose money. Maybe yeah. that's part of it. Maybe it's like you've got these songs that you're excited about now. You're rich already. You don't mm-hmm. really need the money by splitting it in two because seemingly you would get more money by... Releasing one one year and releasing another one exactly a year later. You yeah, think that, you, that was the case with Load and Reload. They like yeah. knocked two spaces in the contract. There you go. I mean, exactly that yeah. too. Like you, you're these bands are usually locked into contracts where they are doing a certain number of albums, and if you have that much material, why not split it into two and get another? Like you said, not you know, uh, hole punched on your contract yeah. or whatever. So. And especially for Smashing Pumpkins, not to talk about them too much, but that was still quote unquote early in their career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. What do you? Well, I think the it goes back to like LPs. You got like two records, you know. Yeah. And um, I guess like a lot of these bands that still put out double albums were people who bought records. Yeah. Um, but how how do you think like it's structured? Do you think it's like supposed to be two albums or do you think it's just supposed to be like a a continued album no you're you can't see yeah. because i don't have the i don't know what happened to my video camera We're, we'll be back on youtube soon but um the you're pointing at the hardwired yeah. metallica album are you referring to the metallica one or are you referring to this one stadium arcadium uh just or both. any of both them. yeah any of them i think that I think it's different for yeah. every band. Yeah. Melancholy and Stadium Arcadium are similar mm-hmm. in that they're clearly supposed to be linked, but each disc is also clearly supposed to be somehow different. Yeah. Like Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness is one disc is named Dawn to Dusk and the other is Twilight to Starlight. Oh. So it's like you're, you know, kind of like your one disc is like the entire day while the sun's up. And the other disc is like the last second of the day mm-hmm. to the night. Right? Yeah. And then uh, Stadium Arcadium is Jupiter and Mars, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or Saturn. Is it? I think it is Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this doesn't have like a gimmick like that. Yeah. But, um, but I guess that's the point. Is it a gimmick or is it really just like Metallica just decided they want to have like hey we haven't had one yet so yeah i i think it is somewhat like a little gem yeah in each band's discography like yeah oh this is their double album period this is a chance where they like just had 
possibly a lot of good songs that they yeah. wanted to put on the record. So, mm-hmm. what I like about Metallica doing it now too is that, like, this is partly why we do this. CDs and albums are practically meaningless now. Like in the age of digital music, yeah, where people just buy single songs, like uh-huh. who, the, who gives a shit? Yeah, if, if it's part of a double album, you only bought four of the songs mm-hmm. anyway. So this is kind of, in many ways, this is one of the Stadium Arcadium is one of the last gasps before like albums die and you move to uh, and you move to more. Di- I mean, obviously, people were downloading and you know uh, stealing, yeah, digital Steal- stealing music, uh, with. Uh, in 2006, but it's become even more like mm. no, hardly. I mean, we buy albums, but we're the minority now. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, anyway. But maybe that's another reason is like, oh, on my phone, th- this new album came out and there's a ton, tons of songs. You know, yeah. it's not, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, don't know, dude. I mean, you would hope that yeah. there's a little of that, but I don't know. You you can only hope doesn't get you very far, right? Um, so my question for you is, well, you could probably could you see my laptop screen there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll just ask you if you've heard of May fifth, two thousand six, number one Billboard song. Have you heard of the song "Bad Day" by Dude. Daniel Powder? Yes. Cause you had a bad day. Something, something, something. Yeah. So. That's that was the number one song on that day, May fifth, two thousand six. But little pleasant surprise for you, number one mainstream rock song that day, May sixth, May May fifth, two on the release of Stadium Arcade. Oh, number one mainstream rock song. What was it? This shouldn't be that hard. Tool. No. Chili. Danny California. You got it. There it is. Danny Calif- California was the first single. It was number one for 12 weeks. Number one uh, album, not rock album, not country album, not number one album on that week was Stadium Arcadium. That was their first number one album. So they, they've oh, wow. done it. They've yeah. done it. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Their first number one debut. Oh. I, it, uh, Californication might have eventually gotten to number mm-hmm. one, but this was their first number one debut, which is obviously different. So uh, that's the background. Um, I purposely didn't read any st- stuff from dumbass Mark Fitzpatrick because <clears throat> you mentioned in the Californication episode that this that was an album that you and your friends or whatever would listen to while you hung out in your, you did whatever high yeah. school kids did, like hung out in your garages or whatever. Stadium Arcadium was released three years after I graduated from college. But when my friends and I, we used to actually make a summer trip. A couple of my roommates from college would make a summer trip every year. And it only lasted like four or five years. But, you know, we still did it. And and we would we would play wiffle ball for like hours. We would like keep, it's just like four of us, but we'd play yeah. wiffle ball against each other. And like, keep stats. This is the dumbest thing. <laughs> but we, but the only reason I mention that is because we would play so much wiffle ball that literally by the end of the three day, four day weekend or whatever, we'd have like 142 home runs per person. Damn, dude. So like we were we were playing a lot. Yeah. And we would just be playing Stadium Arcadium constantly. 
what and you know we weren't just playing wiffle ball cornhole going on the boat uh playing Mon- we did play monopoly too just getting drunk whatever pretty much this was the soundtrack um so this holds the same place for me that california yeah. in hmm. many ways does for you even though with all that being said i i've said it before i'll make a point to say it again when we started the red hot chili peppers discography i was nervous about doing it because I kind of felt like some of these were going to be a struggle to get through. And even as I went into this one, which I have a fondness for, I was like, man, some of these songs do suck. <laughs> you know, I hate to say it, but some of these suck. Um, but I was very pleasantly surprised by um, by Californication when we revisited it. I still like you really shed some light on by the way for me where it's mm. like the experimental one. Yeah. But I st- I never considered buying it. Mm-hmm. Like I had Californication and liked it. Then, you know, by the way, it comes out. I completely ignore it. And then for some reason, I was excited about Stadium Arcadium. I I think Danny California, like I really liked. Yeah. Um, it seemed to maybe be a little ballsier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? While we're at it, let's just play a little of that in case you don't remember this song. Papa was a copper and a mama was a hippie In Alabama she was swing a hammer Price you gotta pay when you break the panorama She never knew that there was anything more than gold What in the world does your company take me for? Black bandana, sweet Louisiana Robbing on a bank in the state of Indiana She's a runner, rebel and a stunner On the mirror way saying, baby, what you gonna? Looking down the barrel cool song yeah i love the sound of this album do you like the sound of the drums this is probably like i said californication is pretty like a big influence of mine so is this one okay just the drums are badass throughout the album yeah um this one is less like we said less experimental than more alternative i would say you know like alt rock kind of like yeah it does um it has a little bit of like what I think people would call like an indie sound. Yeah. Too. Some of the, especially um, the Mars disc, which we aren't. Oh yeah. Yet, but, um, there's, there's a lot more like acoustic, like ethereal stuff, I guess on, on that one. And this one is much more like, this one is more the rock album. I Dude, think. big planet. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is a big planet. So that was the first single. Very popular. Tried to teach it to a bunch of kids in, at a middle school camp um, when I taught School of Rock class there. That was like the song we were going to do. Yeah, that, that was too ambitious. We were supposed to like perform it at the review mm-hmm. at the end of camp, and the, the kids were like a little too nervous about it. And thank goodness, because it probably would have been bad. What are you going to do? 
So um, I feel like, was there anything about, I, I didn't want to trample on anything you wanted to say about Stadium Arcadium in general before we started. I just mentioned Danny California and I thought we'd play it, but are you ready to like roll through? Yeah, dude. Okay. Um, so this, like I kind of alluded to, even though I didn't explicitly say it yet, um, we're going to cover the first disc on this episode and then we'll do the second one on the next episode. Um, the first disc had three singles from it. Uh, Danny California was the first one. The third stadium Arcadium single, but the second one from this disc is also the second song on the disc. That's snow parentheses. Hey, Oh, Gotta make a hard pause. That's but badass, dude. I gotta make a hard pause because I completely forgot to mention. I've made fun of Anthony Kiedis several times for this, but Danny California is the pinnacle of him using states to make oh, easy yeah. rhymes. I mean, it's the name of the song, uh-huh. first of all. Now, I, I think that's a pretty smart move on his part to name it Danny California because then it's like, oh, states are like uh-huh. the theme. Yeah. But there's another song on the album called Especially in Michigan. Uh-huh. But also, Danny California, I mean, he's talking about Mississippi and Indiana and Alabama. Uh-huh. And, like, it makes for very easy rhymes. And there's one on the second disc that he does, like, the and thing. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. We'll talk about that when we get there. <laughs> Believe me. So, sorry for the hard pause here is back to snow, parentheses, hey You love this song? Yeah, I like it. Okay. Um, it's fine. That guitar part's sweet. Yeah. I'm actually... I don't love it. Yeah. I can see why people like it. It just doesn't do anything for uh-huh. me. Yeah, I, I've realized that, you know, the more you do something, the more you find the little habits you do that you hate about yourself. The thing I hate about myself on this podcast is when I'm not particularly into or against a song i'm like mm-hmm. it's fine <laughs> that's kind of how i feel about this one um but the chorus is pretty good the chorus i would say thumps um we're about to yeah like this this does more for me than the guitar riff does. I don't know. Yeah, I do like the drums in this part. Do you? How come? They're pretty basic to the it's just like, casual listener. 
I just like him. Okay. And, and I like the lyrics. Like, he's like, snow, nowhere to go. And then he's like, white, white as snow. Yeah. You know, it, are those the lyrics? I don't know. Oh. I don't listen to them. Neither I mean, do I, I do when they want to, I, I do when they annoy me. Cause it, I mean, I don't want to talk about it too much. He, he does at one point, he uses the word believe in here a lot. Uh-huh. It, Come do believe that I better not leave. <laughs> like, okay, I get that believe and leave aren't the same word, but you basically rhymed leave with leave. Like, uh-huh. that's not that's not a rhyme. <laughs> Come do believe that I better not leave. Um, he is not my favorite lyricist uh-huh. in the world. But I have grown to like him more, like as we do Sometimes this. I just don't think he cares. I think, he, I yeah. think that's it. Which but, is like why it just like, he just says it. Yeah, it's kind of rock and roll, I yeah. guess. Um, here's a song. The third song is, um, a song that when I, when I look at the back of, when I look at the track listing, I'm like, Oh, Charlie, I like Charlie. Yeah. But then I listen to the beginning and I'm like, the I don't fuck? like this. As, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I, <laughs> the, the fuck. <laughs> what is this? So this is fine. Dude, I love this drum groove. I just said fine again. But I didn't say fine with contempt. I said, you know, I can listen to this. Yeah. I'm not like super into it. I can say this though. To hold my attention, this song needs to change. It can't be this for four minutes. Oh, yeah. And thankfully it does change. This is cool. So, so that part's cool. Um, so when they get to the chorus, I, I feel better about it. But the coolest part, what's the co- do you know where I'm gonna go? Uh, where I the can't coolest remember. part is? Are you ready for it? Oh, I'm ready. Here it comes. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, this yeah, might be it. This album has like a lot of the like, you listen to the whole song just for that part. Yeah, yes. You know what I mean? Well, we talked about it with Tool. Yeah. You know, I don't know if this is exactly what you were saying, but what I was about to say is this, I can't remember, we've done so many episodes here but um, on the Chili Peppers, but this is the first time I can remember that we've done where I want to be like, listen to that again. Because uh-huh. they get to this part right here um, and... Right there, that was I. That. Yes, exactly uh-huh. the. Ba, 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 um, which is a very common, like very simple thing for a drummer and a rhythm yeah. section to do together, to like hit, like the one and, uh-huh. and then wait to hit till the next and, like skip yeah. the one. Um, but the vocal line is excellent here, I think. Um, where he's like, we don't arrive without a surprise. Like, I don't know what he's saying there, but whatever he's saying, the melody is simple, yeah. but it's good. And mm-hmm. it, it's like, yeah, we, we don't arrive without a surprise. <laughs> so here's one more time for you. Come on, man. We don't arrive without a surprise. 
plus as a guitar player maybe and i i think you've learned that i actually enjoy drums more mm. like listening to them i don't know anything about them but like i enjoy like listening for drums more than i enjoy listening for guitar but as a guitar player i love that they basically turned like a simple guitar solo into a very important part of the rhythm section like the oh, yeah. like that is the music that's going yeah. on there um and that would be fun as hell to play. It would. Like, if, if we were covering that song, I'd be like, yes. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, the fourth song is the titular track, Stadium Arcadium. This song's just pretty much a jam, right? You like this one? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, as I said it, I was like, you know, Sam might not like this one. It doesn't rock that hard. But I love it. Yeah, um... There's a lot of these beats going on in the album. Name, but uh, I think Hey it? has kind of like the same beat. Yeah, that's oh Hey at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I always get Hey and Snow Hey <laughs> yeah, mixed yeah. up. Um, yeah, I think before like we started, there was that like acapella part that's uh, pretty badass in this song. Uh-uh. Like where they all harmonize. <gasps> oh. Like at the end. At the, I thought you said at the beginning. Oh no. Let's let's try to get to that part. I, d- I don't have this marked down, but I would like to. G- it's after the solo, I think. That guitar tone that's kind of reminiscent of. Yeah. Uh, not easily. What's the savior? Oh. Uh, the old west. Uh huh. Yeah. I think this is where you're talking about. Right here. Yeah. I got you got I guess you got the bass in there, but Yeah, that's good though. Yeah. Like that that's like that, part. Uh Prashani's uh like drop. Yeah, yeah, that it that does work. This is where I found Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um So yeah, that song never really like explodes. It's never like a hard rocker, but it just it sounds it it sounds real good. So and and that the acapella part that you're talking about is a nice touch. So fifth, I think this is their token oh, funk yeah. song, right? You'd agree that this is just in there to Dude, be. Dude, I have like a set of songs when I get drunk and I play the touch tunes. Yeah, and Hump to Bump <laughs> is one of them. <laughs> hump to Bump <laughs> is one of them, dude. <laughs> touch tunes. <laughs> yeah. So do you actually love that song, or do you think yeah. it's funny to play on touch tunes? I love it. Um, I don't. Dude, I love it. <laughs> Are you surprised? It. I mean, it was a single, so they must yeah. have assumed people would like it. I actually don't care for the bass line, especially Bow. during the chorus. Bow. No, the chorus is oh. the part where it uh, moves 
all over the place. It's like the opposite of the verse. Yeah, and it's hard for me to like... I can't believe I'm going to say it. Like, nobody disagrees with what Flea does. But, like, to me, it feels like a little too rushed and a little too, like... Like... I would. I actually want it to be a little more laid back mm. than it is. Like a, and he's just a little too like frenetic. I mm. think is the word I'm looking for. Um, not frantic. Yeah. But kind of like getting ahead of himself. Yeah, just a little bit. Like sort of like I. Know, I know this isn't why Flea was playing it this way, but like when parts are too hard for me sometimes, or I don't know them well enough, sometimes I actually rush them mm. because you're like trying so hard. To get it, yeah, you're not relaxed. You ignore yeah. time. You ignore your the time, and you just kind of like play it. And before you know it, you realize you actually rushed it a yeah. little bit. Like that's something I don't know. People don't think it. you would. You would assume it would be the opposite. If something is difficult, you can't do it mm-hmm. fast enough. But sometimes when you're just like almost there, you start to rush it, and and that's what it sounds like to me. But I'm sure that's not what's happening. He's just playing really on top of the beat. I just, I don't know, prefer something a little more laid back there. Um, so anyway. Yeah. That's but you love favorite. Hump to Bump. You're going to bat for Hump to Bump. Yeah. It's okay. I won't fight you on that. Um, do you have anything else to say? Do you want to? No. No? Good song. Touch Tunes, classic. Yeah. She's only 18. That's what comes next. And there's a lot of this stuff going on in the album too. Like yeah. that. I like the chorus. I, mean, I, I like the song yeah. in general. It's fine. You know. Did you yeah. have any? I thought you were going to say I'll listen something to it. specific. Well, I don't want. I mean, we already. I like the part it when it's like maybe after the second chorus and it like kind of hangs on for a bit. Oh, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I think I know where you're talking about. I'm going to try to find it here. Oh, it's going to be a hard play. Sorry for the fast forward there. Was that not it? Yeah, yeah, oh, it was was it. It. yeah. I like this guitar solo too. Um, again, kind of similar to Californication, and by the way, there's a lot of cool like guitar sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, Slow Cheetah is one of my favorites on both. Of all the 28 songs in my mind, this one is one of my favorites. I'm actually going to prepare you for something before we get there. So you've got this like pretty guitar part, 
and then there's going to be a little guitar strumming about a minute in, and then they're going to do a genius thing, which is just double it. Put a second guitar in that comes in a little bit later. It's just another acoustic mm. strumming, um, but it really adds a nice like effect to the ambiance to the song. I don't... Hard pause. This is something I don't know if our recording program... I think it probably does Are we recording right now? Oh, we're recording, okay. bro. Um, we record in stereo, right? If I wanted, and in fact, someday we're going to do this just to mess with people, uh, I could put you in someone's left oh, headphone yeah. and me in a right headphone. Uh-huh. That's how this was intended to be played. So you've got... When, oh, when the acoustic comes in here, you just you would if you were listening to the real CD, the acoustic would just be in your left ear, and then the second one would come in in your right ear, mm. um, which is a nice effect, which you won't get here because we're recording from the disc onto a, uh-huh. a soundboard. Um, so, dear listeners, you won't get to hear that, but just buy the album and listen to yourself. It happens at the 106 and 108 mark. We're about 10 seconds away. Here they come. There's the first one, and there's the second one. It's a really simple, like, seemingly innocuous thing. But genius, dude. But it's so... The the song is different because of that. Um, Yeah. Smart songwriting, which we've said before. And again, this, this chorus is not... These vocals are not complicated harmonies. They're kind of like the most obvious ones. And especially John Frusciante loves to do the like falsetto stuff. Yeah. But it works for all the songs on here, but especially this one. Like it just sounds pretty, you know? It's fine. It's good. Now I'm like, because I'm thinking about fine so much, I'm saying it for everything. I got to stop. Song number eight. Were you about to say something? No. You say fine like nth degree. To the nth degree? Like nth. Anthony Kiedis oh, says his and. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true, and you got me. Torture me. Oh, dude, I like this one. This one kind of reminds me of television. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The chorus, not not that the song is bad. It, it's kind of like a punk song to start with. Kind of. And I, I don't want to say the chorus like saves it because I don't want to imply that the song would be bad without it. But it's better because the chorus like takes a step back. Yeah, yeah. Um, it grounds it, mm-hmm. I would say. And makes it fit better with the rest of the album. That's the other thing about Hump Du Bump, which again, I don't hate it. But it's like, for me, it 
almost doesn't fit. It it's does al- fit. It's almost like a jam. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Whereas the rest of this album, I think, is so like thoughtfully constructed mm-hmm. that like a jam kind of doesn't fit. Um, but it does. It does. I'm not, I don't want to keep crapping on Humpty Bone. Dude. I know, because you'll punch me. Every time we go to the bar, you'll be like, get on that touch tune. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Torture Me is cool, too. Uh, I We're going to say this a lot. This is a cool one, too. This is Strip My Mind. Dude, they play love, this live still. I love the vocals, how they sound when they start this, where it's like, whoa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Now, a cynical person. Oh, gosh, I shouldn't have. Let's hear this. Man, dude, like listening to it on... uh headphones yeah like you kind of hear some stuff that you weren't hearing i was thinking the same yeah. thing that little tremolo guitar yeah. was like whoop, uh-huh yeah yeah that i hadn't noticed that in a while i really like that song but what i was about to say was a cynical person might think about pointing out that a lot of this is really mellow yeah you know like we've already gone danny california rocks mm-hmm. snow mellow charlie Mm, not really. I wouldn't put that mellow. It's no. got that you know cool part that we want. But Stadium Arcadium, mellow. She's only eighteen. Pretty mellow. I I would say Snow's kind of rock. Really? I would for me anyway. Like okay. it, it kind of gets me in that mood. Yeah. You know. It does not get me in that mood at yeah. all. It like puts me to sleep. Oh really? Just, not like you know I'm bored. With yeah it. I'm yeah just, yeah. Like, just chilling out. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but even that part is like, I know I said it thumps. Yeah. But it's more like, uh, like I would go, that song is good for boating. Oh. You know, <laughs> like like being on the water. Uh-huh. It's, for me, it's not good for the mosh pit. Not yeah. that I've ever been into the mosh pit, but you know what I mean? Like I'm not headbanging to snow. Right. Yeah. Might headbang to Danny California. But then anyway, Slow Cheetah, Torture Me, like all it Torture Me has like the punk element, but then the mm. chorus gets real laid back. And then Strip My Mind, I really, really like, but it's very laid back. Yeah. Um I don't know, it's their most laid back album, maybe? Up to this point. Yeah. Californication's pretty laid back. No, nah, not as not as laid back though. 
I don't know. Californication just makes it seem like you're in a trance sometimes. You know what I mean? It's yeah. more of like a, like I'm walking across this desert and the sun's beating down on me and like everything is a mirage. <laughs> you think you see water, but yeah. no, <laughs> no, you're going thirsty. I mean, just think about like being in that setting and like the song itself, uh, Californication's playing or like, um, Emmett, Emmett Remus. Summertime. Yeah, summertime. It's playing, and you're just like... You know what I said when we were uh, on the Californication episode? Do you know what I said about it? I'm going to bring it up again, because I'm sure you people laughed when I said it. What? I said, I said my I got to go take a shit, because <laughs> my brain exploded, and it's about to come out of my butt. That's how drunk we were. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um Where were we going? I we're don't know. <laughs> Long pause. We were talking about how these were. This is more back. chill. Yeah, and you compared and, and it there to, are rockers yeah. on Californication that yeah. that are, the more famous songs are pretty laid back, but then you got Parallel Universe and uh-huh. Savior and Easily that all rock. Um, we get more rocking as we get to the end here. Somewhat, not a whole lot, but especially in Michigan, which I've already brought up because I think less rock. Name. I think it gets less rock. Well, let's see how this chorus goes though. Right, so there you've got a sense of calm here. Like you're not afraid. Like the guitars might be loud, the drums might be. You know, well, after this song, I think it's com- oh, or maybe okay. the couple after. Well, I don't know. what I love about this song is the soft chorus here. So that's a nice setup for the second chorus because then you're going to get a verse that's just like the first verse where you got that, you know, double stop guitar part or whatever. And then it rolls into the second chorus here in about 10 seconds. And the second chorus rocks. The vocals are mellow. Yeah. I'll say that. But that's a that's a pretty thick guitar part. Dude. You know. The bass and the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I were, if you were playing that live, you could really Br- like blow some like, speakers. Yeah, <laughs> right. So that one has grown on me over time. Yeah. But that was one that I didn't really care for when I came out and now I like it a lot. But even though it's especially in you know, He's got to use the word Michigan so everything rhymes with it. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, anyway. Warlocks is the next song, which you're like, oh, Warlocks. That is going to be the most metal song on <laughs> yeah. here. Not so much. Warlocks in Wonderland. I got a, a mega 
Everybody's an Eskimo or something. This is probably the perfect song to put 11th. Like, bury it in the 11th uh-huh. spot on the CD. I like it. Yeah. It It's kind of... There isn't a lot of identity it's to it. It's kind of like I goofy think. in a way. Yeah. Um, it, it's got a nice funky verse yeah. to it. And I like the chorus. But that's... To me, that's kind of all there is to it. Um, I think it rocks harder than Snow, though. Even though hmm. you're right about the chorus of Snow. Yeah. Where it, like, rolls along, kind of. But I don't know. There's something about this one that's a little like darker to me in the verse, which I guess maybe gets me in the mood. It's obviously just a matter of, I wouldn't even say personal preference because I'm not saying I don't like snow. It's a yeah. difference in perspective yeah. is what it is. Well, yeah, um, you're the guitar player. I'm the drummer, you know. We kinda, well, right. That's true. You know. Yeah. Um, the next song is Come On Girl, which I could make a joke about this one being buried 12th and being the perfect song to be buried 12th, but... It's, I kind of oh, like, like it. Oh, I like this one, yeah. Yeah. So you've got this fast bass part, which reminds me a little bit. What's? I'm not going to be able to think of it. There's a song on Californication yeah. that does something similar to this. It's not Parallel Universe, right? It sounds like Parallel Universe, but that you actually talked about it, how there's like the string skipping, and I don't oh, think it was yeah. Parallel Universe. It's one of those that we're going to need to... Oh, shit, we've got them right in front of us. Uh... So not much to it, but very effective. Just I like the it. Same, me too. Same like the sucks same you back in with that verse. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> mm, slurp you up. Yeah. Blech. It's no. like you're in a spaceship and like the wall gets blasted open and then like you have to like throw a couch in it to stop the space <laughs> from sucking. <laughs> throw a couch. <laughs> yeah, just like that. <laughs> um. I like the chorus in this one. It also has like a pretty raunchy guitar solo at the end, which I like to to end it here. Oh damn, dude! You just oh damn that drum yeah. fill, didn't you? Yeah, that does deserve a second listen. That drum fill is sweet. See, this is like a good example of like, I'm sorry to talk during the guitar solo. Like how impactful like a tambourine is. Dude, so true. You know what I mean? You, you, I, I, I'm sure that non-musicians and people who don't, who aren't listening to CDs like actively Mm -hmm. as opposed to passively just kind of like enjoying something, but like studying it. 
I know that those people are missing it because we, I miss it all the time, mm. but like the crazy, like little things that if you really pay attention, you never would have noticed are there. But if you took them out, it's what makes the difference between yeah. an album that you and I are going to make on our home recordings and what premium production records yeah. have. Dude, like a good example, which is, it's a little more obvious in this example, but like the stones and the shakers, man, dude, you know what I mean? Like if shakers. you took those shakers, shakers out, fucking shakers, I don't even know if man. they'd be the stones. Hashtag fucking shakers. <laughs> yeah. The, and the reason I said, cause the song I always, there's one song that I always think of that's like this. It's Jeremy by Pearl Jam. Oh yeah. Because you've got so at the end of that song, you have so much going on, including lots of shaker. Yeah. We're like, if you didn't have that, Oh, that, yeah, and yeah, you know, it's one of the, the, the thing with the metal and the handle. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like they've got that thing all over the place. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's, (laughs) yeah, it would not be the same without that stupid little (laughs) bit of percussion in there. So yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah. That, that is the kind of thing that takes you from, you know, to Valhalla from just an average team. Here's the jam, my friend. Now it starts. It comes in like a lamb, uh-huh. but it leaves like a lion. Well, that, that's what I'm talking about. These are the kind of songs that, like, you listen to all the way for that one part. You know, four minutes yeah. in. Yeah, this one makes you work a little bit. This is wet sand. Um, I won't make. It's five minutes. Uh, it is the second longest, third longest on here. Um, so it's a little ballady. Um, this to me. Is the most well-written song, but that's not fair. This this fits my preferences for a well-written song. Like it, it does a lot of things that I like, which is starts very minimal and like they just added a oh, little yeah. bit of keyboard here. They're gonna add all kinds of different instruments near the end, um, and it's just a constant build into something that like. And this is probably my favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers song, period. Um, I'm going to skip ahead, although this is a nice little pre-chorus. Um, this, the first chorus comes in at about 154. I'm sorry, pre-chorus into the first chorus. I feel like that's like a 90s rhythm thing a lot of bands do dun 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 totally you know i know what exactly I mean? you're talking dun 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 where they're basically like dropping a half yeah. step yeah that definitely the is boom 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 yep and I, and actually i um i'm pausing i'm gonna let it roll actually in a lot of songs that doesn't work it works for me here because the rest of the song is so like simple and yeah mostly simple because that part is a little dissonant and it almost like doesn't work mm-hmm. um, because it's not like a, the rest but, of this is all major and minor chords. No sevenths, no like, oh. d- no um, tensions, but that has a little bit of tension because it's a little dissonant. 
And then in the second chorus, they build it. And so it's a little bit bigger here. So you've got a lot more bass, at least in the mix. You've got this guitar doing it. Uh, yeah. I just noticed that. Like, whoosh. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like a flanger on the uh-huh. instruments they have. And then you get into the out chorus or the, the outro, which is this. You've got that pretty little guitar part over it. Okay, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you could have just, you could have been like, oh, this is the best song on here and uh-huh. ended it right there. But no, instead, you decided to keep going and you and you threw in a goddamn clavinet and I had to change my underwear. <laughs> Okay, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you've you play you into the it. solo, dude. You were like, you were like, you did a beautiful chorus, out chorus. You could have ended it like that, <laughs> best song on the record, and then you one upped it. You were uh-huh. like, I'm gonna throw some clavinet in there, and that just works perfectly, like the percussiveness of it with uh-huh. the little Boom, notes you've got in there. Yeah, but then you're gonna throw in a kicking guitar solo at the end, just winning me over like no other. So Turning this, it off. You can't hear, <laughs> listeners. If you don't own this album, you're not allowed to hear the rest. Um, so you got to buy it. This is it. like an example that it's like, dude. Sorry for interrupting you. No, dude. I shouldn't have interrupted dude, you, dude. Go on. This is an example of like a song that's so rocking that you just like stop everything you're doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Hold up. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Something's happening uh, over here. I, yeah. There is a. There's a lot I like about it. Um, all the sounds, all the tones, just like the song, the build, the song as it's structured mm-hmm. is really good. The guitar solo is not particularly difficult, but you can taste like you. Yes, it's tasteful, but you can also like tell that he's into it because some of the bends don't quite hit just right. And you can hear him like catch another note in there every night. And there's one part where he even like plays open strings and it, it again doesn't really fit. It's like not in key, but it mm-hmm. works. Tom Morello does it a lot with Rage Against the Machine, where you can hear him hit the guitar strings so hard that they vibrate out of tune. Oh. And you're like, he you can tell he's rocking yeah. in the studio. It's kind of a similar thing to this. Um when I, I haven't done this in a really long time, partly because I live with other people now. But when I used to practice, 
I didn't really ever practice scales much mm-hmm. as a guitar player. I would just play guitar solos, oh. usually, like with the record. This is like an all timer. Like I could play this solo a million times. Not oh, a million really? Times. I could play this solo a hundred times in a row. And and sometimes I would play it just the way he does it, and sometimes yeah. I do it my own way, but like with the same idea. It's such a soloable song. Mm-hmm. The chord progression is perfect for a simple like but wailing guitar and solo. you could throw in like a little bit of like your stuff right in there too you know used to do that a lot yeah. um i said i m- my one kind of complaint throughout the it's not a real complaint because it it's hard to do but the one thing i've said about red hot chili peppers that they don't really do for me is they don't move me like emotionally very much mm-hmm. like rarely do i like want to like get out of my chair yeah like, i can listen to a lot of it and be like yes this rules Suck My Kiss is one of those songs. Like, that gets me out of my seat. Like, Wet Sand gets me out of my... Get Wet Sand, hashtag Get Wet <laughs> yeah. Sand, gets me out of my seat. Like, I love that song. I think it might be my favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, song. it's That's good. why you have to listen to me talk about it for 10 minutes. The la- Closing out the album is a- the second song with Hey in the title. This one is just Hey. See, I think this is a good song to end on. So, like, Stadium. For sure. This was like the uh, movie, and these are. This is the song that plays during the credits. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I can see the credits rolling yeah. in this one. Um, this one has a nice, different like chorus too, where um, the second half of the chorus, I guess you'd call it, um, changes a little bit. You know, triangle, what I'm dude. The triangle, triangle it comes in later, I think. Right there. You can hear that damn triangle. Would not be the same without that triangle. I'm going to try to find that part I was talking about. Kind of the emotional climax of the song. Whoops, I found the guitar solo instead. What I wanted to do was find the, what I was talking about is the emotional climax where it kind of like the second chorus at the end. I didn't find it. It's in like the middle of the song and I don't, uh, you know what? I, I can't do all this for you. You you guys got <laughs> you guys got to catch a little of it on your own. You should uh you should buy this album. And Seriously, listen to it. Um, this was actually one of the later ones I bought. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it was for me too, but only because it's what their third latest album. Yeah. They've released two more yep. that aren't greatest hits. So, what do you have first? I know you told me this already, but I forget. What? Red Hot Chili Peppers album. What did you have first? Uh, the first one might have been Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Okay. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think the first actual album I had was that one. Okay. Yeah. It's not that important. I was just a little curious. What so, about you? 
Red Hot Chili Peppers, One Hot Minute. Oh, was yeah. the first one I had because that that might have been like one of the first 10 albums I owned. That was back in my, if it was in Entertainment Weekly's top 10, I yeah. bought it, um, which is basically Billboard. But um, So I had One Hot Minute and I had, after that, well, actually, what hits? That was the first one I had. Oh, Remember yeah. that story about mm-hmm. the FCA girl? <laughs> so, <laughs> go back and listen to episode one from this mini series if you want to hear that story. So, what hits? Threw that one away to please God, <laughs> and then I got one hot minute, and then I got um, Californication, hmm. and then uh, and then City Marcadium. So that's where we are. I give the sh- thumbs up for this. I yeah. would listen again. Yeah. Um, five stars. Five stars only. Um, okay. So cover, cut, hidden gem. We'll do one from each disc. All right. Yeah. Okay. So the singles from this one we already said Danny California, Snow, Heyo, and oh, wait. I don't think I did mention. Oh, no. I did say that Humpty Bump was the third single. Third single from this okay. disc. It was their last, the fifth single from the mm. double disc. Um, so those are the singles. So uh, you're allowed to cover those, by the way. So what what would you cover mm. if we were going to cover one? Like, realistically, Danny California. Realistically, Danny California yeah. is the answer. Yeah. Um, people would like it. Yeah, people would. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of one that you forget about. A little bit. Yeah. I, it got overplayed. Yeah. I, that was back when I, I don't listen to radio anymore, but I listened to radio then. It did get overplayed a bit. Like, I don't get excited to hear Danny California on the radio, even now. Um, but that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. And you could totally just go straight from Mary Jane's Last Dance into Danny California because yeah, they're basically boom, boom, the same. Yeah. Um, what would you cut? It's a tough one. Hmm. Maybe slow cheetah, bro. I, I, and my initial reaction was to be upset, yeah. but I get it. I get it. Um, yeah. because even as I'm looking through, I'm like, God, what one would I cut? I was like, I like that one more than I like, you know. I'll tell you what I'm choosing. Play, uh, come on, girl. I know it's hard to remember them just from name. You like this one though. Oh yeah, yeah. So you're thinking Slow Cheetah? I think so, man. All right. I... Oh. I want to guess. Okay, you guess. You're going to cut Especially from Michigan. No. Oh, okay. I really like that okay. song now. I'll tell you what it's between. It's between Warlocks and Hump to Bump. Oh, Warlocks. <laughs> that's... Hold on. I want to listen to Hump to Bump one more time. Dude, just the intro, bro. I'm cutting Humpty Bump. Dude. (laughs) No, I just like the rest of the album, like, I'm chilling out to it, you know? It is kind of like what you're saying, like, not very thoughtful. That's kind of my feeling on it. I don't hate it, I like it. It's so chilly, though. You are right. It is yeah. the most like old school chili pepper song. Yeah. And you're right. The intro does slap, <laughs> as the kids say. Yeah. But that's the one. It's For me, it makes a more cohesive album without yeah. that. 
hidden gem? Hmm. I was. Mine would be Charlie. Charlie's really good. Yeah. Mine's wet sand. Yeah. Obviously. Um, I mean, I do think wet sands is a good gem. Yeah. But like for me, it, it would be Charlie. Yeah. And that's a, like yeah. you could pick. I wouldn't argue with anybody's hidden yeah. gem on this. Except I might argue if. If you said warlocks, I'd be like, <laughs> like really? Dude, bro. <laughs> Come on. Get the fuck out of here, warlocks. But every everything else I, I can see yeah. like yeah, there's enough redeeming qualities there that I wouldn't argue with you. But yeah. Um but uh yeah, disc one gets a major thumbs up. Yeah. Like it's getting I'm excited to rank these when we're all done. It's gonna be hard to do, but what we'll to lay them out. Like for put sure. them in like Yeah. Or, or we could do it like people are doing now, and like in putting instead of ranking them, they put them in tiers. What? Yeah, so it's like tier one. You might have a couple albums in there, but like, or you have like tier five. Ooh, I don't like it. Yeah, because that is the easy way out. Yeah, it we don't is. do th- we do things the hard way, the rock hard way. Hashtag get wet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's gonna do it. You know what? I forgot to do again though that we gotta start doing more. What? Uh, I uh, I forgot. Hey, asshole, I'm talking to you. What? If you not you, listener. Oh. If oh, you rate. have not rated or subscribed, you better have subscribed already. If you've gotten this far, <laughs> you must like it. So subscribe to that shit. Then rate it. Five stars only. They're they're thinking, and eh, next time. <laughs> <laughs> next time I'll do it. No, no. <laughs> you five stars right now. Give us the five stars. And then I, I checked for more uh, reviews today. Yeah. No more reviews. Mm. Come on, write us a funny review. Yeah. Even if it's just on Facebook. I mean, yeah. I'd rather see it on iTunes or whatever, but write us something funny, even if it's really insulting. So that's that. We've said it once, we'll say it again. Gateway. So